Uh, Would you turn with me to two openings this evening, please? John chapter 12 and Matthew chapter 26. Anybody read Matthew 26 this week? Let me see. How many read Matthew 26? Hold up your hand real high. Matthew 26. Excellent. What does that mean? Why would you have that, Brother Keith? Because we, everybody that feels like they're a part here at Faith Life Church, we're reading a chapter a day, Monday through Friday in the New Testament. So if you were reading together with us, then we read this in Matthew 26 that we'll get to in a moment. John 12 and Matthew 26. We're studying, well, we didn't read our text, did we? Okay, excuse me. Go to Psalm 107 before we read those. Is that the right one? 103, I'm sorry. I've been gone too long. We've heard a lot of scripture since I saw you last. Psalm 103 and verse 7 is our text. We began a series several weeks ago and we're continuing it. And it is called the works and the ways of Jesus. In Psalm 103 verse 7, that's where that 7 came in. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Israelites that he brought out of Egyptian bondage, they saw what he did. They saw his doings, his deeds, his actions, his works. But it was only Moses who understood his ways, the ways he worked. And one thing we're doing as we're reading these gospel accounts, and then we'll continue to read through the New Testament, we're praying before we read our chapter briefly and saying, Lord, you know, open our eyes to see good things out of your word, quicken us with your word, help us to see Jesus clearly and distinctly, because you can't be like him until you see him. And what better place to look to see him than right here in the Word? And uh, we're not teaching about all that he taught, though that'd be a good study. We're not teaching about all that he did, though that'd be a good study. We're referring to some of the things he did, but in particular, we want to learn how he does things, his ways. How many are hungry for that? You'd like, you want to know, right? So that in any situation that you're in, you're learning, and then when a, a situation arises, you know how to deal with it, because that's the way he would deal with it. Right. Amen? And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it that way then, he'd do it that way now. He has not changed. Yeah. Said out loud, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus reveal, to me reveal to me your ways. Your ways. Amen. Amen. I want to do things like you do. I want to think like you do. I want to see like you do. He's in me. And if I yield to him, I'll become more like him. Isn't that the Christian goal? To be more like him every day? It ought not be that we live a whole year and look back and we're no more like him now than we were a year ago. That's a failure. We ought to be changing. Amen? Becoming more like him. In fact, at the end of his life on the earth here, his ministry, he told his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Did you know that's our goal? 
Did you know that's our goal in life? I didn't say we had arrived there, but that's our goal. That if people have seen us, they've seen him. Amen. I know you don't feel like you've arrived at that, but that's all the more reason to get after it. Amen. Now turn with me to your places if you're not still holding them. In John 12 and in Matthew 26. And there's some things that you read in your reading this week that reveal some ways of Jesus, some ways of the Master. And I want us to talk about them tonight. In John 12, you find this in Matthew 26, but I want to read John's account and then go back to Matthew and read Matthew's account again to get some things, because John said some things about it that Matthew didn't say and vice versa. Same happening though. In John 12, verse 1, Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Somebody say, glory to God. God. Don't you imagine you'd be happy? Your brother was cold and dead and embalmed and in the grave just a matter of hours ago. Right? Now here he sits at the table with you, laughing and happy with Jesus and saying, pass the cornbread. Somebody say, God's a good God. Does he still do things like this today? Does he still heal people? Raise them up. Even from the dead in cases. Amen. And so Martha and Mary and Lazarus are there. You remember from reading other passages that they they had a a close fellowship with Jesus. They invited him often to their house. And the girls would cook for him. And they'd invite him to stay over. And so he had a rapport with them. They had a relationship. And the Bible says, verse 3, Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly. Now, even much more so in those days than today, uh, spices and ointments were traded just like currency, just like cash. Well, I mean, you know, today you go to buy certain kinds of perfume. I mean, it can cost you a huge amount per ounce. Is that right? Even today. Well, especially then, there were certain ointments and certain spices. I mean, you trade it just like gold. You could weigh it out with gold. Well, Mary had a pound of ointment. A pound of this. I mean, that's a, that's a, and it was an alabaster box, which would have been like a beautiful case to have it in. And you keep reading, uh, we see that it was worth some 300 pence. Well, uh, a pence was about a day's wage. So this would be like 300 days wage of money. Well, depending on what the wage was, how many understand this this is probably at least, by today's money, at least $10,000. Might have been more like 15 or 20,000. It said it was very costly, right? Well, very costly then, it's just like very costly now. And the Bible said she took this very costly. Other, other passages said she broke the box. 
She just broke it and, and put the whole thing on his feet, anointed his feet. And then she took her hair and wiped his feet off with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Do you see this in your mind's eye? And then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? He had a problem with this woman spending all this money on this preacher. Didn't she? Now you got to understand, some of them had a little bit of an inkling that Jesus was the Son of God, but most of them saw him as a prophet. And they all saw him as a man. We know him to be the Son of God, but I'm talking about how they saw him at that moment. But you can see her heart, can't you? Her brother was dead. Cold and dead in the grave. Through Jesus' ministry, he's been raised up from the dead. They're sitting there having a good meal. She went and found the most expensive thing she had that she could put her hand on, and she just dumped it on his feet. $20,000, boom, and was glad to do it. And the other preachers started grumbling. That's a waste. What a waste. That could have been sold and sent to the mission field. You know what we could have done downtown at the Feed the Hungry program with $20,000? And what good is this? Smells up the room. I mean, this is not even something like a watch that he could wear and enjoy. Not even something like a suit that he could wear. Not even something like a car that he could drive. This, this is smell good for a while. Hmm? Now, don't worry. I'm not going to take up a big offering for the pastor. For this, the offering's already been taken up. Just relax. Don't even be concerned about that. We're talking about a truth tonight. Amen. We're talking about honor and love tonight. Amen. She did this because she loved him. She did this because she was thankful. She did this because she wanted to honor him. Amen. Now the word honor, we're going to look at some of these other things as we go, but the word honor, if you look it up, in the original word dictionaries, it literally means, one of the best words I've found is that it means value. Value. If you honor something highly, that means you value it highly. You believe it's very valuable. She believed Jesus was very valuable. Didn't she? Now are you listening? More valuable than her pound of ointment. And in the giving of this, she was demonstrating to him, this is the most valuable thing I've got. 
but you are more valuable to me than it. So I pour it out on your feet. Jesus did not rebuke her, did he? Jesus did not correct her. In fact, he corrected the ones that said something to her about it. We're talking about his ways tonight. Money and stuff is a sticky issue, isn't it? People either talk too much about it or not enough about it. And there's always somebody griping and grumbling about it. There's always questions about it. I mean, you got, how many understand you have people of integrity and people who don't have integrity in every area of life, right? Whether you're talking about doctors or whether you're talking about lawyers or whether you're talking about mechanics or whether you're talking about grocery store operators, I don't care who you are. What area you're talking about, I should say, you got good ones and you got not so good ones. Ones you can trust and ones you can't. Same thing is true with preachers. Same thing is true with churches. Same thing is true with ministries. Amen. But because of some of the wrong thinking and some of the mistakes, people have become totally oblivious to some of these areas. And honor is not limited to somebody showing honor to their minister. We can show honor to each other. Amen. Let me just give you a quick list of some things in the New Testament of people that we are told to honor. Now when you use the the word honor, in our society, people don't think money. And yet Jesus did. That's how he interpreted honor, father and mother. If you've been reading the scriptures with us, we read through Matthew 15 along through there. Anybody remember? You know how that he said that they had made the word of God of none effect with their traditions? Because the word said, honor your mother and father. And he said, then you said, if you give all your money to God, or you've got something dedicated to God, then you're relieved from doing anything for your mother and father, because my money has to go to God. He said, you have made the word of God of no effect through your tradition. He rebuked them. He corrected them. So he interpreted honoring mother and father as doing things for them financially and materially with substance. Did you know you're supposed to be believing God to buy mama a car? All the mama should have shouted on that one. <laughs> Did you know you're supposed to be believing God to, to get daddy a new tractor or whatever, whatever he wants? Or? Mom and daddy, yeah, yeah. Are mom and daddy in a better house? New suit of clothes, new dress, new ring, nice coat. That's one of the reasons why you need to be blessed. So people say, well, you know, I just don't get into all that, that prosperity stuff. You know, as long as I got something to eat, something to wear, place to stay, that's all I care. Well, you're selfish. It's not just about you. God needs people that have enough vision. And have enough desire in these areas to believe for too much. Yes. Amen. Amen. So you can be a blessing to somebody else. Right. So you can do something in somebody else's life. Right. It's fun to pay off somebody's car. Yes, it it's, I've done it. It's fun. <laughs> Amen. Yes. We just helped buy a pastor a car up in uh, up northeast just a few weeks ago. Oh, Amen. Amen. 
In fact, it's real interesting, the Lord dealt with me while I was there. To No pull, no pressure, but we just, uh, they had been there faithful, faithful, and the car they had just wasn't, you know, it was wore out. I mean, it was just not adequate, and they didn't care. I mean, they're sending all their money over to the mission field, and that's great, and that's good. But how many know that the people are supposed to take care of their ministers and their pastors? And so I told them, I said, let's take up an offering on this. We'd been talking about too much. I, I called him the other day, asked him about it, because we sent a big a big offering in on that. And he said, uh, I said, well, how much came in? I said, you know, because if it ain't enough, I'm going to make it up. And, and he said, guess what? I said, what? He said, too much came in. <laughs> he said, so much come in, we're going to get me a new car and the wife a new car. Well, that's godly. I said, that's godly. Somebody said, well, I don't don't know about that. Um, What if they don't use it for the right faith? Well, then find you some preachers and some churches you can believe in. Amen. But don't use that as an excuse that you never do anything for any work. Are you with me? The scripture tells us in the New Testament that we are to honor those to whom honor is due. Also says that we are to honor all men. Also says that we're to honor our mother and father, just like we got through talking about. The scripture says we are to honor older people. Is that right? The scripture says in Leviticus, it says you shall rise up. In other words, you shall get up before the gray head and you will honor the face of the old man, says the Lord, and fear the Lord your God. Amen. Don't make older people come to you. Go to them. Amen. Elder walks in the room. Get up out of your chair. How many understand we have lost some things in these areas over the years by all the laxness and stuff. And, uh, you know, you're going to hear quite a bit out of me about honor because it is something that is very near and dear and strong in my heart. And friends, I don't know whether you understand it or not, but if you don't know how to show honor to people, then you don't know how to show honor to God. And one of the ways you honor God is by honoring His people and His representatives and His things. Amen. All the way down to your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Honoring. The Scripture says that wives are to honor their husbands. Scripture says that husbands are to honor their wives. I won't take time to read all the Scriptures. We're to honor widows. Now what would that mean, honor widows? Just say, oh, you're a fine widow. Praise God. You're a good one. We honor you. With what I've told you, what does that mean, honor them? What does that mean? Get in your pocket. Bless them. Honor widows. Honor the elders, talking about ruling elders in the church, that'd be like your pastors and ministers and all like that. Honor the prophets that are among you. Honor the weak. Honor your masters, which would mean by today's language, your boss. You know, your employer should have a certain amount of honor and respect. I don't care if they're not even saved. Did you hear me? You should treat them with a certain... You know, how many understand it's uh, disloyal, it's unfaithful to work for somebody and to draw a check from their money and from their business and just gripe behind their back all the time and make fun of them? You're being a hypocrite. I mean, if you don't believe in them, don't work there. 
How come me to get into all that? Somebody needed to hear that. If you are going to work there, I don't care if they are a big cigar, whiskey drinking, cussing rascal. If you're supposed to be there, show them the res- I don't say you could respect everything they do and everything they say, but respect the place. Amen. And if you just can't be there, well then just leave. But if you're taking somebody's money, treat them properly. Amen. Not so you can get more just because it's right. Scripture says, honor the king. That would have to do with honoring the president, the prime minister, uh, the police, the governor. We're supposed to show some respect, aren't we? I mean, you don't call the police pigs. Huh? People do. They think, well, that's just, you know, nothing even remotely okay about any of that. One way you show respect is by how you talk about people, how you refer to them. You know, you see children call their mother and father by their first name. You know, I had somebody talking to me some time back and they kept talking about Pat. Pat this, Pat that, Pat. I'm going, who, who are they talking about? Finally they said, oh, you know, mama. I wanted to give them a lesson real quick, but <laughs> wasn't my place, wasn't my place. I didn't say a word. You know, I came up under a, Dr. Hagen's ministry. And he's my father in the faith. And I have great regards for him. And, and uh, some of the, you know, 25,000 students already come out of the training center down there and everything. And some of them have seen me and they say, well, how's the old man? Well, that's inappropriate. Isn't it? Their father and their teacher in the faith, the old man. How many know it's not appropriate to call your wife my old lady? Huh? Your father, my old man. Is that showing enough honor and enough respect? How you refer to somebody shows respect or the lack thereof. And we're going to zero, there's a number of ways that you show honor, but we're going to zero in on the way this woman showed honor with her gift. Now, would you go with me on back to, uh, let me see, did we finish reading here? No, we didn't finish reading. John 12, then we're about to go over to Matthew there. Judas Iscariot. Who is the one yelling about this? The one that's getting ready to betray him. That'll tell you something about the people that are hollering about it today. Why wouldn't this want my soul for this? And give them to the poor. This he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had to beg. And he bare what was put there. In one translation said he helped himself. To what was in the bag. A thief. And what did Jesus say when she dumped it. Dumped all this money on his feet. What did he say? Verse 7. What did he say? Leave her alone. How many believe in following Jesus instruction? Somebody gets something on their heart. They want to do for somebody. How do you know they didn't hear from God? Hmm? Well, that's just a waste. So that's what they said in Matthew 26. We're about three. They said, it's a waste. It's a waste. And see, Judas was saying that and he was not sincere. He was hypocritical. He was a thief. He wanted that money for himself. 
And a lot of times when you hear people belly aching over what happened for somebody, griping about it, a lot of it's just envy. They wish they'd have got it instead of them. They want it. And their heart's not sincere. It's not right. I know years ago I was at a place and this, these people, a man who was over them for many years in ministry, they wanted to give him a watch and they gave him a very expensive watch. And this guy that I talked to found out about it and he was, he had like he was ready to bust a blood vessel. I mean, he just, oh, he fumed. He said, that's ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. Spend that kind of money on a watch. That's ridiculous. They should have sold that, given that to the ministry, given that to the missions. I just called him on it. I said, uh, you got any watches you could sell and give to the ministry? Amen. You already sold all of yours? You watch it, friend. People who talk like that are hypocrites. They are not doing what they say somebody else should do. They're not doing it. I said, how many cans of beans you got at your house? I bet you don't need all them beans. You could give two or three cans of them beans to the poor. How many loaves of bread you got? Well, that ain't the same. I ain't got that. It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. People are hypocrites. And they're jealous. And they're envy. And they don't understand honor. It's not like we have to do one or the other. How many know we can do this? And we can bless the poor. And we can give to missions. How come we can't do one? Have to leave off one to do the other. We don't. We can do it all. How many believe God's a big God? He's a too much God. We can do it all. He said leave her alone. Verse 8. The poor you have always with you. But me you have not always. Somebody said yeah but now that was Jesus. That was different. Did he not say, inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Does he take it personally? He does. Now go back to Matthew 26, please. Matthew, the 26th chapter. Matthew 26. Matthew 26 and verse 8. When his disciples saw it, when they saw the, the woman put this, all this ointment, all this $20,000 on his feet like that, they said, to what purpose is this waste? It's a waste. That's wasting money. You know, people will say that if you spend extra money on the church. Hmm? If you have a real problem with that, you ain't going to like this church because if we can find something bigger and better and shinier, we're going to hang it on here. You know, it's amazing. I mean, if people won't even say anything, they can spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on a casino just making it flashy and nobody thinks a thing in the world about it. But you spend extra money on the carpet or extra money for a fancy seat or something. Folks, oh, that's, that ain't right. That ain't right. That is wasting money. How can you waste money on God's things? Hmm? Is the best of the best just for sinners? No. It's not. This waste, they said. Wasting. Wasting. This woman might have been sold for X amount given to the poor. 
Jesus understood it. He said to them, why trouble you the woman? She has wrought a good work on me. Leave her alone. Now you get it clear now. Jesus did not, when this woman dumped this $20,000 that's only going to last for a few minutes or hours, you know, smelling really good. She dumped all this on his feet. He did not jump up and go, woman, what is wrong with you? I've been teaching you guys for three years now, and you don't know any better than this to throw all this money away on my feet. You should have done this. You should have sent it to the mission field. You should have. He said none of that. He received it. Did he receive it? I said he received it. You know, there have been numerous times that the Lord has dealt with me to give people thanks. And they have not always received them. I'm thinking of one situation, this one particular time, somebody, the Lord dealt with me to give this particular minister a piece of jewelry. And I gave it to him, tried to, and they said, I can't take that. I said, why not? They said, well, I just can't. I said, yeah, you can. You hold your hand out, and I'll put it in there, and then you can close it up, and then you have it. They said, no, I can't accept that. I, that's expensive, and, and I just, I can't accept that. I said, sure you can. Let, let, allow me to. Receive it from me. Let me give it to you. You know, the Lord has a lot of reasons why he does some of these things. Some years ago, Phyllis had a, a ring that was really nice. And the Lord dealt with her. We were in a big meeting, dealt with her to give it to this other minister lady. Well, she did. And man, the Spirit of God, come on this woman. She cried like a baby. Come to find out, she was feeling like she was about at the end of her rope on some things. And this just spoke loud and clear. God loves you. Cares about you. And if he'll give you something like this, he'll surely give you the important stuff. Direction in life. Amen? We've given people fur coats and Stuff like that. And, and so many times it's not just the amount or the thing. It is the message. Right. God loves you. Yes. We care about you. Amen. It ministers to people. Anybody ever given you anything? Ministered to you? Yes. Wouldn't necessarily have to be an expensive thing. It's the message. It's the heart. It's love. And honor. Let's keep reading. He said, why trouble this woman? You leave her alone, John's account said. She's done a good work on me. You have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. And I'm saying to you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, that there shall also this that this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. What stronger statement can you make? Jesus said, not only is it okay for her to do this and you shut up and leave her alone, but I'm going to see to it that every generation and every tribe in the whole world for the whole future to come is going to hear about it. Why? Because she loved me. She did it out of love. She did it out of respect. She has honored me. Amen. How many love honor beside me? Do you love if you part of God is honor. God is honor. We talk a lot about the glory of God. Glory and honor are closely associated. 
the weightiness, the value. Now I want you to keep reading. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests. And he said to them, and this is immediately after this, he said, what will you give me? And I will deliver him, I will turn Jesus over to you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to sell him out, to betray him. He'd already sold him out to betray him. Now we know from the rest of the story, after it all happened, he came back and threw the money down. And they wound up taking it and buying a not desirable piece of land that people that had no money to be buried with were buried. So we know it wasn't a lot of money. The man who pitched a fit about this woman dumping this 20,000 on Jesus' feet turns right around and sells him out for much less than what he fussed and griped about. What was the real issue here? This woman valued Jesus. This man griping and fussing did not value Jesus. Sold him for nothing. And you watch it. These people that are always griping about what somebody has or somebody got, and they're hollering about this. They're hypocrites. They're not doing what they say others should be doing. And they don't value They don't value the things of God and the people of God and the ministries of God the way they should. It's a revealer of hearts. Would you go with me back in the Old Testament? And I'm commencing to get ready to start to close. (laughs) Second Samuel, the 23rd chapter. Won't you say as you turn back there, I love the honor of God. 2 Samuel 23. In 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter, verse 13. This is talking about the accounts and the happenings of David's mighty men. David had a bunch of men that gathered around him. That were men's men. They learned how to believe God in battle. They, and it's amazing. They fought war after battle after battle after battle. And didn't lose a man. And you talk about some courageous, fearless men. It tells about the accounts. How one of them went down. There's this giant that boasted himself kind of like Goliath. He went down in the field. Took his spear away from him and killed him with it. Another one tackled a lion hand to hand and won. Another one, when everybody else deserted, he stood alone to defend a piece of ground and he fought and he fought till his sword stuck to his hand, was embedded in his hand and won the whole battle by himself. These are men of honor. These are men of courage, men of faith. That have followed David. You know they got this from God through David. And from God direct. He led them that way. How many believe God's raising up a church full of honorable folk? Amen. This church. Your church. He's raising up honor. Men of courage. Women of courage. Fearless and full of faith. Amen. And he was there. The Bible said. Verse 14. 
was in a hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was in Bethlehem. And David longed, just, you know, and just thinking out loud, I'm sure, he was looking over there, and he said, Oh, I wish somebody would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. Just, you know, how you say something sometimes, Boy, I wish I was over there. I wish I could. Because this was supposed to be their land. This is behind enemy lines. This place, this well he's talking about. Three of his mighty men heard that. They looked at each other. Said, did you hear the king? I heard him. Said he wants to drink water from the Bethlehem well. What do you think? Think we ought to get him one. Get your stuff. I'll meet you over there at 1300. (laughs) And these three mighty men broke through the line, through the host of the Philistines, went behind enemy lines, got a bucket. Imagine one of them got a bucket while the other two was, was watching and fighting. And got water out of the well of Bethlehem. And they took it. And they showed up. Sweaty. Bloody. Smelly. And said, King David. Yeah? May we speak to you? Come on. That water that you spoke about from Bethlehem. Yeah? We have you some, sir. You what? We have a fresh gallon of Bethlehem well water right here. Does this do for you what it does for me? Ah, this is God. This is how God is. It's how he's always been. He'll never change. Now look, they handed him this jug of water beaming. Drink you some of that. Enjoy that. I mean, they risked their lives every second that they headed toward that line and was behind that line. They did it willingly. Nobody told them to. They did it gladly. Why'd they do this? Why would people do this? Love and honor. Love and honor. They loved him. They respected him. They wanted to honor him. He wants some well water. Then bless God. Get the king some well water. Now get this. You can see why they were the kind of men they were. Because of the kind of man David is. Watch this. The Bible said David said. He would not drink it. Wouldn't drink a drop of it. But he poured it out. Now see, a lot of folk cannot grasp that. They're going, (laughs) you're kidding me. He poured it out? But if that's the only way you think, it's because you don't understand honor. He lifted up the jug. He said, I can't drink this. He said, Lord, I'm offering this up to you. This is too valuable. For me to drink. 
And he poured it out before the Lord and said, here, Lord, this is, this is yours. Given this to you. He said, be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. This is the blood of these men that went in jeopardy of their lives and he would not drink it. How many believe you and I can have that kind of honor in us? We don't have less than they had under the old covenant. We got more. We, we should have better, even greater. That's what this woman was doing with Jesus. That's what should be happening between believers, between families. Believe God. Claim and stand. And say, Mama, would you sit down there? Sit down there, please. I've been believing God. Got something for you. Amen. Present them with it. Daddy, can I come over? I got something I'd like to, to say to you, show you. Grandpa, brother, sister. Amen? Both in the natural and both in the spiritual. And you know, it's not about how much it is. Don't say, well, I don't have much. It's not about how much it is. The value of the gift is based on its value to the giver. Not the dollar amount. Not the market value. That doesn't determine, I mean, a gallon of water, how much is that worth? That wasn't it. It was what it was worth to the people that got it. What it cost them and what it was worth to them. I know just as a young minister, years ago, I was, I believe in God from gas tank to gas tank and from lunch to lunch. And I was in a service and this young man preached and my heart just went out toward him. And I I believed he was sincere and I believed he was trying to serve God. And I had five dollars. That's all I had. And I felt like I was supposed to sow that to him. Didn't really want to because it wasn't much. But there was something in my heart. So I did it anyway. I, I went down to him and I, I said, the brother, I called his name. I said, this is not much. I said, but I want to sow this into you. I believe in you and I'm believing for you. I believe God's going to use you and bless you. And I put it in his hand. And I'm telling you, Spirit of God fell on us. We stood there, grown men, cried like babies. Blessed. Boy, you talk about a blessing for five dollars. Glory to God. But it wasn't the five dollars, was it? What was it? It was the heart. It was the heart, my heart, his, God's heart. Are there some things in these areas that we can grow in, that we can develop in? Won't you stand on your feet? I want to pray over you. I want to lead you in prayer. Do these things appeal to your heart? Are you hungry for the honor of God? Close your eyes. Pray this out loud with me. Father God, you are my God. I believe in you. Your son is my master, my savior, my Lord. By faith in him, I'm saved. His blood has cleansed me from all sin. I will forever love you, worship you, serve you, and honor you. Teach me of the great things, the deep things of your honor. Lead me into greater honor 
and the greater glory of God. Teach me. Forgive me. If I've been shallowed. If I've been infected or affected by the callousness and by the dishonor of this world round about me. And help me to rise above it and to think like you and your great body, your great men and women, your great prophets and apostles, and all your people. And let your honor and your glory rise up in me and come through my words and come through my doings and put me in a position and things in my hand and things in my life so I'll have the ability to show financial honor and material honor and physical honor and value to all those you direct me to in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, bless you. Put up your hands and thank you. Put up your hands and thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.